Sometimes going to the grocery store can be chaotic. There doesn't seem to be enough time to check the list, make sure everything is there, search for the best prices, and take the time to make sure you get the best quality meat. So let ButcherBox help you out. Giving you peace of mind, ButcherBox delivers high-quality meat and seafood that you can trust straight to your door. No grocery carts required. Humanely raised, no antibiotics or hormones, 100% grass-fed, free-range, and crate-free, what more can you ask for? What about free shipping, customized box plans, exclusive member deals, recipe inspirations, tips, and tricks? You really can't go wrong with ButcherBox. Sign up at butcherbox.com slash morning cup and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional $20 off. Choose salmon, chicken breasts, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash morning cup and use code morning cup to choose your free for a year offer plus get $20 off your first order. Hey guys, I have a podcast that I think you'll really enjoy. Proof, the investigative true crime podcast co-hosted by Susan Simpson of Undisclosed and Jacinda Davis of Evil Lives Here is releasing its highly anticipated second season where they investigate the murder of 18-year-old Renee Ramos. The first season, which if you haven't listened to yet, you totally should, saw the release of two Georgia men serving life sentences for murdering their friend, Brian Bowling. And thanks to evidence unearthed by proof, on December 8th, 2022, both Daryl Lee Clark and Kane Joshua Story were finally freed after 25 years behind bars. With that same investigative drive, Susan and Jacinda are on the case again, and this time, they are on the streets of Manteca, California, to find out who really killed Renee Ramos. In proof, murder at the warehouse, you hear how, on June 5th, 2000, Renee's body was found buried beneath a pile of debris inside a new Home Depot building. And how, despite tips hinting at alternate suspects, her boyfriend, 18-year-old Jake Silva, and 33-year-old Ty Lopez were arrested and convicted of her murder. Fans of true crime and investigative series won't want to miss this riveting new season. Follow the case as Susan and Jacinda uncover long-overlooked evidence about what really happened to Renee, by listening to Proof, Murder at the Warehouse, wherever you get your podcasts. Today's episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. What interferes with your happiness? What are some things standing in the way of being the best version of you? For a lot of people, life, your past, and sometimes your current situation can cause roadblocks in your life. Mental health is incredibly important, and so many, including myself, can benefit from talking to a professional and working to dismantle those roadblocks. That's why I'm excited to talk to you guys about BetterHelp. BetterHelp knows no two people are the same and will help to assess your personal needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. These incredibly convenient appointments are in a safe and completely private online environment, and you can start chatting with your new therapist in under 24 hours. It's not self-help. It's professional counseling. You can message with your counselor at any time and get a timely response, plus schedule weekly video or phone sessions, which means no driving to an office, no waiting rooms, and no awkward small talk. Just meaningful sessions with experts who specialize in things like depression, stress, anxiety, relationships, trauma, family conflict, LGBTQ matters, grief, and so much more. There is truly someone there for everyone. And BetterHelp is committed to finding your perfect match. 
which means if you and your counselor don't mesh for whatever reason, they make it easy and free to seek someone new if needed. BetterHelp is more affordable than traditional offline counseling. And with financial aid available and access worldwide, they truly make it easy for anyone to seek the help they need. As a listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting our sponsor at betterhelp.com slash morning cup. Join over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health. There were two more murders 15 miles away. When police arrived, they found the telephones and electricity lines. We have a... Weird homicide. A scene described by one investigator as reminiscent of a weird... Morning. Cup of murder. Some things are never as they seem. On October 18th, 2015, a beloved, talented, and caring man was shot to death by an officer who claimed self-defense. A claim that, when looked into a little more deeply, was not the true nature of the shooting. So if you like your coffee hot but your bones chilled, sit back and start your day with a morning cup of murder. Corey Jones, born February 3rd, 1984, came from a large family consisting of NFL players, guidance counselors, mentors, and most importantly, musicians. While attending middle school in Boynton Beach, Florida, Corey picked up a French horn and was immediately taken, playing music here and there for what would be the rest of his shortened life. After graduating from high school, where he played football like the rest of the men in his family, Corey attended and graduated from the University of Akron with degrees in both business administration and music, and worked as a youth mentor at My Brother's Keeper, a nonprofit that helps African-American youths. And as an adult, he worked at the Delray Beach Housing Authority for eight years as an inspector slash assistant property manager while still finding time to keep up with his passion, playing in the band at the church where his grandfather was a bishop and in his off time, working as a part-time drummer while playing with his band, Future Presidents. He was a good guy, beloved in his family and in the lives of everyone who he touched. On October 18th, 2015, at around 1.30 a.m., Corey was driving from Johnny Mango's Tiki Bar and Grill in Jupiter, Florida, where he had just played a gig, back to his home in Boynton Beach, when his Hyundai Santa Fe broke down on the side of the road. His first call was to his brother CJ, who offered to come pick him up. But, realizing he needed to drive himself to church early the next morning, he declined in favor of getting a tow truck. One of his bandmates stopped by to bring him some oil, but when that didn't work, Corey went ahead and called for some assistance. Knowing someone was about to show up with a tow truck and that he kept a licensed weapon in his glove box to protect him and his expensive drums, Corey sent his friend home for the evening. While on the phone with AT&T roadside assistance, after making a call to the Florida Highway Patrol's assistance line and AT&T's hashtag help multiple times, Corey looked over and noticed that a car was pulling up behind him. Inside was Noman Khan Raja, a man of Pakistani ancestry who became an American citizen in 2001, a man who came from a family of police officers and worked for a small Florida police department for several years before joining the Palm Beach Gardens Department. The married father of two started his shift at around 7 p.m. that night and had just spent the last few hours patrolling the area before switching to a plain clothes assignment, which involved him driving an unmarked white van. 
the vehicle he was driving when he responded to a disturbance at a nearby Marriott hotel and after spotted what he assumed was an abandoned Santa Fe on the side of I-95. Obtaining his supervisor's permission to check out the car, he drove the wrong way up the ramp and pulled up diagonally to Corey's car. Leaving behind his tactical vest and department-issued gun, Officer Raja approached the car wearing an inside-out, untucked t-shirt, jeans, sneakers, and a ball cap, carrying his personally-owned 40 caliber Glock pistol. It was about 3.15 a.m. What happened next is up for conjecture, as Officer Raja was not wearing a body cam and none were present on his vehicle. But what we do know is that, at some point, Nauman realized the vehicle was not abandoned and, for one reason or another, discharged his weapon six times, hit three times, and killed 31-year-old musician Corey Jones. One bullet entered the side of his body, went through his aorta, killing him, while the others hit his elbow and right shoulder, one breaking his arm from the impact. Corey's body was found about 80 to 100 feet from his vehicle, leading to speculation that he attempted to flee the situation, and lying on the ground between him and his car was his newly purchased and never discharged 380. When news of the shooting spread, Naman Raja asserted his innocence, claiming he identified himself as an officer and was forced to kill Corey Jones out of self-defense. While the Palm Beach County Sheriff's Office conducted an FBI-assisted investigation, with his department releasing his 90-page personnel file, Naman Raja, who was an adjunct police academy instructor at the Palm Beach State College, was put on administrative leave from both the college and the department as is policy when an officer-involved shooting occurs. While the police departments worked to understand what happened that October night, Corey's family buried their beloved musician, who was eulogized by Apostle Sharon Walker. They later received an outpouring of support, not just from the community who loved Corey, but from strangers who felt his death was a senseless abuse of power. Shortly after his victim was laid to rest, on November 11, 2015, Naman Raja, who was still in his six-month new higher probationary status, was terminated from the Palm Beach Gardens Police Department. And because of this, so was his job at the college. On June 1, 2016, a grand jury made the decision to charge Nauman with manslaughter by culpable negligence and attempted first-degree murder. According to the state attorney, the investigation into the shooting concluded that Officer Noman had no justification to shoot Corey Jones. In fact, there was proof that showed not only had he failed to identify himself as a police officer, but that he drove up to a stranded motorist in the middle of the night, shouted commands, and opened fire just seconds later. Nauman was arrested after his indictment and, shortly after, made his $250,000 bail. On July 6, 2016, Nauman Raja was slapped with a wrongful death suit filed by Corey's family while he sat on house arrest. They were determined to make sure their boy got the justice he deserved. In January of 2017, the investigators publicly released the evidence they had against Nauman Raja. You see, what Nauman didn't know at the time of the shooting and when he first gave his self-defense story was that, despite not having a body or dash cam on him that night, there was a very clear picture painted by audio recordings. 
Corey Jones, when he found himself stranded that night, made all of his calls using his government-issued work phone, which meant that, under state law, these records could be easily obtained. And with the help of 3,000 pages of documents and about 50 video and audio recordings, completely disproved the story Nauman told about the night of the shooting. After the shooting, Nauman insisted he called 911 before shooting Corey Jones. But the recording from Corey's roadside assistance call showed that the final shot was fired 33 seconds before Nauman called into dispatch. It also showed what many had already speculated, that the plainclothed officer never once identified himself, meaning as far as Corey was concerned, a stranger had rolled up and started barking orders. The day after the information was released, Nauman's attorneys attempted to dismiss all of the charges citing Florida's stand-your-ground laws, still claiming he identified himself as a police officer and claiming that Corey, quote, immediately jumped out of the car upon being approached and pulled out his weapon, pointing it at the officer. They also claimed that Nauman saw a silver muzzle pointed at him and believed the gun was equipped with a red laser thinking only of the wife and kids he would leave behind if he didn't shoot first, doubling down on his self-defense story. The appeal was unsuccessful, and the trial continued as scheduled. Pleading not guilty to the charges against him, the prosecution went on to play what they considered the most unbiased piece of evidence they had. On it, you can hear the chimes of Corey's door as he opens it and calls out, I'm good, yeah, I'm good. To the driver who had just approached him. Nauman responds, really? Corey says, yeah. And the next thing you hear is Nauman scream, get your fucking hands up, get your fucking hands up. Corey tries to tell him, hold on. But two seconds later, you hear the first set of gunshots. This, coupled with the fact that Corey never once fired the gun that was found 41 yards away from his body, was enough to convince the jury. After eight days of trial on March 7, 2019, 41-year-old Nauman Khan Raja was found guilty of manslaughter and attempted first-degree murder. The following month, he was sentenced to 25 years in prison with a release date set for May 29, 2040. As of 2019, Nauman is still behind bars at Wakula Correctional Institution. Thank you for joining me in my morning cup of murder. Please join me again tomorrow to hear what terrible thing happened on October 19th. Don't forget to rate and subscribe and let me know how you like it. If you want to help support the podcast, there's always Patreon or just sharing it with your true crime obsessed friends. And remember, stay safe.